Let's go! Welcome to another episode of Let's Go Hockey Podcast. I'm your co-host, Danny Heath of Project Hockey. And today we had on one of the best guys I know. Like uh, I said it before we got on, I think he's the best looking guy to ever play at uh, Minnesota State University. Possibly the best looking guy. I mean, you guys saw those eyes. Anyways, it's Araya Hayes. Um, he's the best. Uh, San Jose Sharks, AHL player. Uh, played in the NHL, scored a goal, tells a story about how he scored the goal. Anyways, with me as usual is... Pete Cammon, Elevated Hockey. Yeah, this was a cool one. The first time I had a chance to talk with uh, your buddy Uriah. Great guy. Handsome man, like you said. Uh, people are going <laughs> to think I got a crush on this guy. Right? You love this guy. But no, awesome best. guy. And uh, you know, what? the takeaway from this story, I mean, there's a lot of great things. We touched on his pro career, his college career, junior career. Um, transitioning out of the game. But the part that I think is really important for people to listen to today is he really opened up about his time after hockey. Like he had some yeah. pretty significant injuries as a result of the game and kind of talked through his his recovery process and, and kind of the, the hurdles and obstacles that he overcame to, you know, get through a tough time and, and, and open up into, you know, put things in perspective, as he said, and, and open up into the rest of his life after he hung up the skates and I think he was very candid and very open about that and I really appreciate that from him but I think he had he had some good advice and messages for the the listeners out there that's important for people to listen to great episode we tried something new here at the beginning which so let us know if you like that some some quick hit questions but uh yeah I'm excited for this this episode I say we jump into it coach unless you got something else that's it let's do it let's go let's go this interview was brought to you by our friends at HockeyWolf.com. If you love the game of hockey or just know someone who does, you need to visit HockeyWolf.com today. HockeyWolf has physical locations in Montana and Washington State, but if you aren't lucky enough to live near one of their stores, you can always visit their website and place an order at any time. They have everything you need from skates and sticks to shower slips and hoodies. And for all of you coaches and organizational leaders out there, listen up because Hockey Wolf provides some of the best team sales services in all of North America. So if your team needs new helmets, maybe some gloves, boxes of tape, even some warm up suits and training gear, Hockey Wolf has you covered. So like we always say, go support Hockey Wolf because they support us. That's H-O-C-K-E-Y-W-O-L-F.com. And hey, for all of you lacrosse players out there, make sure you visit lacrossewolf.com too. All right, let's go to the interview. Originally hailing from La Crescent, Minnesota, where he played his high school hockey and put up 232 points in 98 games. After high school, played one season in the Nall for the Topeka Roadrunners, was on the all-rookie team, followed by one season in the USHL for the Waterloo Blackhawks. After junior career, played his NCAA D1 hockey at Minnesota State University, Mankato, where he was a two-time WCHA All-Academic Team and WCHA All-Star Plus assistant captain his senior year. During his pro career, he had stints with the Worcester Sharks in the AHL before making his NHL debut with the San Jose Sharks in January of 2014. After a season with the AHL Chicago Wolves, he retired in 2017. He's now giving back to his hometown through athlete development as the owner of 5-7 and the head coach of his alma mater, the La Crescent High School hockey team. Uriah Hayes, welcome to the Let's Go Hockey podcast. How's it going today? Oh, going great, boys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Happy to be oh, on here. Love to have you on before. I got to correct the bio just a little bit. Uh -oh. This guy uh -oh. this guy was our captain. He was our captain. leader. He wore, he wore the C. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you so. corrected us then. We got uh, yeah, to pick up on that like that. Yeah. Yeah, so he was our he's our leader. Um, honestly, I still I actually bring him up all the time with uh, my youth hockey players about what it takes to be a leader and and that type of stuff. So, Araya Hazer, it's it's we're pumped to have you on. Um, when we jump in here, we want our listeners. We're gonna try something new today. This is the first time we're doing this, but we're gonna see if get our listeners to get to know you a little bit more. So, I got some quick shift. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six questions that I'm gonna ask you, and they should oh, be right pretty simple. <laughs> All right. First one. Are we ready to go? I'm ready. Okay. Pandora or Spotify? Pandora. Netflix or Hulu? Netflix. What's the first app you open when you wake up? Oh, my Spartan deer cameras. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> 
Awesome. Um, that answers the next question, I guess. Golf or hunting? Hunting. Favorite uh, hockey brand? CCM. CCM guy. And then the, the listeners can't see it, but this will be an easy question. Backwards or forwards hat? Backwards. Backwards. Love it. Let's, uh, why don't you talk to us a little bit? So now we're going to dive into meat potatoes. Listeners are, are flowing. Talk to us about like what got you hooked on hockey? Why, like why hockey and how did that whole thing come about? Yeah. Um, I guess growing, I grew up in a small town, La Crescent. Um, all my buddies were playing. I remember walking down the road, we had this outdoor rink and I remember walking down the road and, uh, see my buddies out there playing, playing hockey. And I went home and I'm like, mom and dad, I need some skates. I got to get out there with these guys. Um, and just, you know, playing outside when I was little, you, you just fall in love with it. You know, you're, you're playing outside for three, four, five hours at a time and, um, just having the time of your life. And right from the get go, I knew I was, uh, I was hooked. Oh, that's awesome. So when you were growing up in Minnesota was, uh, like after you got hooked on hockey, were you, uh, I think I know the answer to this, but were, was hockey like your main focus or were you kind of like a multi-sport athlete playing a lot of different things throughout, uh, your early days? Yeah. Um, big multi-sport athlete guy, uh, played soccer, hockey, baseball, football growing up. Um, I just love to compete, love to compete no matter what it is. Um, you know, did a little track too, but uh, loved to compete. Played all sorts of sports growing up. Um, even in high school, I played. Uh, I was a soccer guy for a little bit, football guy, baseball guy, hockey guy. It just gives you a little, a little break from uh, those other seasons, you know, and gives you a chance to focus on another set of skills, so to say, um, and gives you a little bit of versatility as a player, uh, especially with hockey. You know, soccer, you're working on your feet. Um, you know, you've seen guys that can pick up pucks with their feet that are, you know, crazy good at it. It's just a skill that you can't really teach, you know, and those guys seem to be good at soccer or baseball guys, a guy that can tip pucks, you know, puck coming in at 90 miles an hour, they're probably, they'd probably be a good baseball player, you know, so, um, big multi-sport guy. I preach that in my gym. I got like yeah. 10 kids to go out for football this year. Um, yeah, I saw you guys started kind of a football league out there. Is that is that all football players, or is it anybody that wanted to do it? They can jump in and join it. So that was our thing. We we wanted anyone to just join up and and, and play. We don't have a high school football team here because we don't have the numbers. And uh, we threw this high school or this flag football thing together. And we had like 180 kids sign up. Gosh. Wow. Just, just unbelievable. But just giving kids an opportunity to do something different and have a little yep. fun. You know? Well, especially right now with the way the world is, there's not a ton to, to go get after. But what um, what age did you kind of commit yourself to the game of hockey? Like, was there a time where like, okay, I can't, uh, you know, I'm committed to do this. I can't really go out and break my leg doing a, a corner kick. Um, it probably wasn't until after high school. Um, I played football my senior year of high school. I actually, uh, I was pretty close to playing football at some Division one offers to play football and uh, was pretty close. And if I didn't make a junior team, I was uh, I was going to take take that. But ended up making Topeka. I always knew hockey was my first love. You know, yeah. Just, I just love the game. Football was like, yeah, you know, I'll go play. It's fun, whatever. But hockey, I was just absolutely in love with the game. So, but yeah, it wasn't until the last minute when I yeah. uh, I knew I was going to be playing after high school that I that I gave up uh, the other sports. Was that the, the deciding factor where you're like, well, did you tell these people that offered you for football? You're like, well, I'm going to go try to make a junior hockey team. And if I don't, yeah, they didn't like hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you talking about, man? That's awesome. You're not going to play football. And yeah. then uh, I told them about junior and nobody understands junior hockey, you know? Right. Um, yeah. Unless you, unless you live and breathe. Yeah. Like, yeah live and breathe it. And, but uh, I knew when I made Topeka, I was like, I'm, I'm all in. Yeah. Well, let's jump into that. From, from a player's perspective, what did you learn going from high school to the NA and then making that jump to the USHL and eventually to, to Division One? What was – you want to talk a little bit about that journey and what those different jumps looked like? Yeah. Um, going from high school to uh, Topeka or the NA was a massive jump for me. 
Um, you know, I'd never played like a set system, um, you know, any four check stuff like that. So when the coach started going over systems, I was like, what is this? This is new, you know? <laughs> so I actually, I actually ended up, I didn't play like the first couple months of the season just because I was learning. Um, I was on the fifth line with a couple guys and we were like the practice, the practice line. And uh, a couple months into the season, we kind of flipped the script on our first line, started kind of dominating them in practice and they gave us a game and um, we took off from there. But yeah, it was a big time learning curve. Um, you know, started hitting the gym a little more. Um, something I didn't really do in, in high school a whole lot just because there was nobody here teaching it, you know. But uh, yeah, sat out the first couple months and learned uh, learned how to play the game a little bit and, and got my got my shot. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, you touched on something like uh, I think I think that a lot of players underestimate strength requirement to make that jump up to those next levels. Like coming from high school playing against you know 15, 16, 17 year old players to all of a sudden you're playing against 19, 20 year olds in in the junior hockey and then making that jump again when all of a sudden you're playing against grown men in college. Yeah. You know, got kids in there, you know, 24, 25, wherever they may be, 22. But um, you know, so you touched on that that strength requirement. I think a lot of players just don't don't really put a lot of thought into like how much strength difference it is jumping to those different levels. And it kind of talks about with, uh, with what you're doing now, but maybe let's, let's touch on like when you're playing the NCAA D one for Mankato with Danny there, um, let's talk about some of your training. I mean, you had, you were the captain of the team by your senior year, you put up solid numbers in, in college and used it as a springboard to the pro career. But what, let's talk about what your training was like, uh, while you're at Mankato playing D one hockey. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of what gave me that, that little edge or that next step um, in my game was was training with Tommy Inkrot. I know you guys have had him on here. Um, guy's absolutely phenomenal, you know. And, um, you know, just working out with him and, and having, like, a, you know, an, an end result in mind and, and having him help you through different things and getting stronger off the ice. You just see your – you'd see the, the result on the ice, you know. You're – you're getting stronger in the weight room, faster on the ice. It's just a direct correlation between the two. And the harder you worked in the weight room, the more it paid off for you on the ice. And uh, just an unbelievable thing. And I, like I said, I didn't do a whole lot of it in high school. I wish I would have. I wish I would have had the resources or you know somebody to, to help me with that because it's a, it's a tough thing to, to, uh, to teach kids. And, and uh, we're, MSU is really lucky to have have somebody like Tommy Inkrot and, and uh, you know, creating some pretty good, pretty strong athletes up there. For sure. Yeah. It's, it's probably, I bet Topeka has your NHL Jersey up somewhere now. And it's kind of crazy to think that you didn't play for the first couple months there. So it just goes to show that like those kids that are getting into this training earlier are going to have more success right when they hit the ground running from a, from a junior hockey level. Um, but let's let's jump more into college. So so you get there. I know you you had a coaching change from from Troy Judding to Mike Hastings when he came in. You want to talk a little bit about that because I know you guys you guys uh, had a good relationship, you and Coach Hastings, and and what that was like. It just just from going through a, a transition of a new coach. Yeah, um, yeah. Just, I mean, talk about completely polar opposite people. You know, right. Um, and then going going from our junior year, I think we were twelve and twelve and twenty four. Pretty yeah, sure, wasn't that good? Uh, yeah, twelve and twenty four. <laughs> <laughs> pretty pretty bad. But um, get a new coach, and you know, I'm going into my senior year. I'm thinking, man, if this guy doesn't like me, I'm done. Yeah, my career, my career is over. You know, so I really put uh, put my nose to the grindstone that summer, and and just you know worked worked hard and. And uh, going into the season, had a goal that you know I was going to prove to this guy that you know I was I was a leader, um, and you know I wanted I wanted uh, something different. You know I wanted I wanted change. I wanted to you know do do big things. Um, and Hasty coming in, the guy is just he's an unbelievable person. You can't even describe you know this guy. He he motivates. Right. It, you can. It's it's uh, it's unbelievable, but. Just right from the get-go, um, 
just kind of brought our group together and uh you know family is one thing he preaches and right away you get that sense that you know you're you're a part of a family and and uh anyone on that team would do anything for the for the guy next to him and he created that environment for us and we thrived on it you know we had a we had a really good freshman class come in um but to go from 12 and 24 to 24 and 12 in a year um it's more than the players it's uh you know it's it starts at the top and it started with hasty so Absolutely. I love that. I mean, you, you touched on the, the family aspect of the team and, and the, you know, the kind of accountability and the relationship. And, you know, in my experience in those teams that are successful, whether they're winning championships or not, like that bond between the players is like the key for those guys that those teams have in success. And I think that's something that just is like fascinating for me as a coach of trying to like, how do you help foster that? And how do you help grow that positive culture and bond between the players where like, even if different personalities are, you know, going in different directions in life, but like, how do they all come together and as and, you know, are glued together in that locker room? Do you have any any examples of like the guys that you in college that like that Hastings did to kind of help bring you guys together and build that brotherhood and that that bond? Oh man, I mean, it was when one guy got in trouble or one guy did something. It was it was everybody, you know. Like he didn't he didn't kind of single guys out. He always made us feel like we were uh, a unit, you know, it was a, just a one man. It wasn't, it wasn't a one man thing. And, and yeah, holding each other accountable. I remember, uh, man, we had this running test. Do you remember this running test, Danny? Oh yeah. Like four by, it was like <laughs> nearly impossible, but I'm pretty sure he knew it was impossible. Right. We, we bonded over hating it. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know, it was, just like little mind games like that, that, uh, I don't know. He, he just found a way to, to get all those different personalities, which is tough as a coach. And I'm seeing that now, but, uh, to bring all those different personalities and, and get them on the same page and get them focused on the same goal. I don't know how he does it, but the guy's a magician, man. Yeah. It's like the, uh, the art of coaching there, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's what I love. And I guess you're, you're doing it now too. I mean, it, it hooks you in, right? It hooks yeah, you in. Absolutely. Um, well, let's, let's talk about your, after, after college, you made that jump to, to pro hockey. You spent some time in the AHL and eventually made a jump up to the NHL with the San Jose Sharks. Um, let's talk about what that experience was like for you playing in the A and making that jump or that jump from NCAA D1 to, to the AHL. And you know, what yeah. are some major takeaways that, that you could, you could, extended the listeners here from that experience yeah i mean at every level um you know you you gotta adapt to the game um going from ncaa to the ahl i had success right away you know i i felt like i was ready it's more of a controlled game i feel like it's just a smarter a smarter play as opposed to uh college can kind of get to run and gun you know hit everything in sight um, and it's, you know, pretty defensive, but the, the pro game is pretty controlled. And once you kind of figure out, um, you know, it's more about your positioning and, you know, worrying about, um, you know, just yourself and where you are on the ice, taking care of your, uh, your responsibilities out there. But yeah, I mean, it was awesome, uh, going from, you know, I never thought, I never thought I'd sign a, a pro contract. So that was that was a dream come true right away. Um, and then playing in the AHL is a, it's a grind. It's, it's an absolute grind. You know, you're, you're riding a bus everywhere and, um, it's, it's tough. The, the games are a grind. There's a lot of fighting. Um, something I wasn't, uh, well, I did a little in junior, but you know, you, you play college and you get away from that, that type of, that type of game for a little bit. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's a grind. You're playing three games and three nights, a lot of nights and, um, you just gotta, you just gotta put your nose to the grindstone and work just the same as, same as any other level, you know, you, you adapt to, uh, your circumstances and, and, uh, go. For sure. Um, I want to touch on something you talked about. So you said you never thought you'd sign a pro contract, right? And, um, especially not the one, I mean, you signed a, a nice deal, right? And like you were expected to go there and have success right away. Like you did and, and eventually make it to the NHL. 
which you ended up doing. But before that, let's talk about like, so you had a coaching change your senior season, but what clicked to, I mean, you, you nearly doubled your goals, right? Like you went from 13 goals to 20. How, how do you like, can you even describe that? Like, how does, how does that change? Cause obviously that played a huge role in you signing, signing your deal and, and what that was like. Yeah. Like I said, you know, that summer, um, I worked, you know, I, I shot pucks over and over and over. And it's just those little like attention to detail things. Um, you know, picking spots, getting your head up, just little things, you know, like scoring goals. That was something I wanted to do more of. And, that was something I focused on that summer was, was scoring goals and, and shooting the puck, getting better at shooting the puck and just shooting pucks over right. and over and over and over again. And um, the harder you work, the luckier you get, you know what I mean? So right. um, just, just putting in the work, hard work pays off. And, and uh, like I said, that summer I, I worked probably harder than, than I ever have with, with uh, Tommy off the ice um, you know, on the ice as well. And, and, uh, you know, found success my senior year. So, um, yeah. you know, if you work for it, I was hoping you had like a magic ticket, like, Oh, I just switched to this curve and, uh, <laughs> there's no magic ticket, man. Trust <laughs> me. There's no magic ticket. Yeah. Hard works to ticket. And then, uh, what I, I want to hear your story. Cause I mean, you scored a goal in the NHL and that's something not a lot of people get to do that. So one, who was it against? And two, Talk us through the play. Did it go off your head or something? Good <laughs> thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> no uh, goal. So scared, scored against uh, Calgary. It was actually, we hadn't scored in like it's like a crazy amount of time. We got shut out by Edmonton the night before. Um, and uh, I wasn't even supposed to play in the game. <laughs> I was like – doing the warm-ups like I typically did, and then they'd come in and be like, Hazy, you're not playing. Gosh, take my game off. You know, so I'm sitting there, I'm kind of waiting for the waiting for the you're not playing deal, and I was kind of already half undressed, and they're like, you're going tonight. All right, let's go. Let's go. You know, so, and, you know, some nights you just have your legs, and that night I had my legs, and I think Coach kind of saw it. He threw me on a line in the second period with uh, Patty Marlowe and Tom – Wingles, we were going pretty good. We had a couple couple scoring chances. One I probably should have buried. It was in the crease, sitting there, and I I don't know what happened, but didn't go. Um, should have switched curves. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> That's the solution. To everything. Huh? I needed a shovel. <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, no, yeah. Patty made a nice play behind his back. Made a pass. I picked a corner, hit it, and uh, yeah, just an absolute dream come true. You know. It's uh, something you dream about as a kid in the driveway, and and there I was. So, did you get to keep the puck? I got the puck. I gave it to my parents actually. Yeah, they had to sacrifice just a little bit oh, to man. get you that spot. <laughs> That's for sure. Absolutely. For, yeah. First assist was uh, Patrick Marlowe, huh? He's been yeah, on the show. Good guy. Right. No big deal. Yeah. He's what, uh, what? What was he like in the locker room? Awesome dude. The whole team, man, it's um, it was unbelievable. You know, you got Joe Thornton, Patrick Marlowe, Joe Pavelski, and they're all Brent Burns. Just unbelievable people, you know, and uh, that was pretty special. Like, going into a locker room and just immediately being accepted. And, you know, we always did everything as a team, went out to eat. And, yeah, it's just a – they created a really cool atmosphere, just – I'll be a fan of those guys forever. It's oh, awesome. Yeah, I haven't when we had Marlo on. I mean, you can just tell there's a reason why he's so well respected and such a he's oh. just a nice a nice guy. It was awesome talking yeah. to him. Like, what I mean, what a cool experience. And you know, you had you had your time in the league, and and I'm sure. And I want to jump into this later with in regards to your high school players and the takeaways. But let's before we get into that. So you had your time in the league, and and you're on the Chicago Wolves, kind of in the area that I grew up in, but uh, in Chicago, but. Uh, you know, eventually you you came into retirement, and it, you know, I think was, you had a little little stint with a couple of injuries and things like that. Would you be open to talking about those injuries and kind of that retirement process and, and moving on after hockey? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so after I was uh, my contract with the Sharks was up, 
uh, signed a PTO with the Blues. Uh, went down there and tried out. Had a pretty good, pretty good tryout. Uh, they said they wanted to see me in the, you know, play some games in the A for a little bit because they were uh, they were pretty stacked that year. But I uh, went down and got down to uh, training camp in the AHL, and it was like the first we had like a little mini scrimmage. And uh, kid dumped the puck. I raced in and uh, I kind of beat the goalie. Went back for the puck. And I was right there. I was gonna pick him and just wrap it, put it in the, put it in an empty net, or so I thought. And he swung at the puck and came up and hit me in the eye. Mm. It broke my, uh, broke my nose, my sinus, my orbital, and my cheekbone. Like just shattered the whole side of my face. Mm. And so that set, that kind of set the tone for that year. I was out for uh, like two months, two months right away. Uh, they wouldn't let me play because everything was just like just sitting in there, you know. They didn't want my head getting bumped or whatever. But came back from that injury a couple months later and kind of got going again. You know, I was playing pretty good hockey. I had a full shield on, man. <laughs> tough, to, tough to do. You take a lot of chirps with that. But um, I was playing some pretty good hockey again, kind of coming into my own, uh, figuring things back out a little bit. And I think it was like 30, 30 some games in. Um, I got in a fight with a guy, and uh, just there was nothing crazy, you know. Like I think I threw a punch, and he kind of lost his balance. He was falling back, and he kind of lost the grip of my lost the grip of my jersey a bit. And so I kind of relaxed, like I was like, "Oh, this guy's gonna fall. I'm gonna stand here. We're done. We'll go to the box. Whatever." And at the last second, he reached up to kind of probably catch himself a little bit. My head snapped forward, and I hit my head on the uh, dashboard, Oof. right on the dashboard. And uh, didn't knock me out. I got up or, like, kind of pulled myself up off the, off the ice with the ref's help, but uh, skated off. I remember looking in the mirror, and I'm thinking, not again. My nose was just, like, on the side of my face, you know thinking not again and uh i was laying there getting stitched up had like 13 zippers around my eye i was laying there getting stitched up and i was just kind of acting goofy and the uh trainers sent me to the hospital to get a a ct scan and they found a i fractured my skull in the front here and i had like a little brain bleed so uh they, kind of, they just put me out, put me in the ICU, you know, and I think I knew right then and there. I remember my parents were at the game, and I remember them coming in, and I remember telling my my now or my wife, I remember telling her, I'm done. I'm done. I was just, like, so over the injuries, and I think I knew right right then and there that, that I was just – that I was done, and, and that was it. Um, spent, like, a week in the hospital – I remember leaving there and just it was like kind of like with with the head injury stuff and had a little bit of vertigo and like concussion symptoms. Kind of learning, uh, almost like learning how to walk again. I remember like walking around the block and like thinking it was a huge deal, you know. So you go from like being this athlete and and uh, and then all of a sudden you're just shut down doing nothing um thinking it's a crazy feat to walk around the block is a it was a big big game changer for me and uh you know made me made me kind of think about what was you know important in life my wife was pregnant at the time i remember just thinking man i gotta i gotta fully be here for for my wife for my now now my kid and uh just kind of realize, yeah, there's there's more important things in life than than playing a game. Um, I'm not gonna lie though, I I did try to go back and play a little bit. You know, I I was or I was trying to, but I had some or enough. I had enough concussion symptoms um, that lasted long enough to to uh, kind of be the answer for me that that the game was over and that I was gonna have to move on. So. Pretty stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I appreciate you sharing that because that's, I mean, that's a that's a hard journey to go through. Like, not only just 
retirement, but the, the recovery process and the concussion process, you know, recovery process. And, um, you know, and like you said, the positive part is it, it puts life into perspective with your family and, and, yep. and where you want to go after the game. And I think, and I want to come back on that in a second, but, um, you know, like, you know, there every now and then, you know, Danny and I, we, we have the, we're fortunate enough to work with a lot of young athletes, whether they're in person or through social media or, or phone calls or whatever. But, you know, every now and then I get, I get calls from kids asking, you know, saying, Hey, I, I just had this injury or this injury or, or what, you know, what's your advice for coming back to the game or, or just in general. And sometimes you can tell those kids are down, you know, they're, they're missing yeah. their, you know, no matter what age they are. And then this, you know, this year with, with COVID, a lot of kids are, you know, hockey's not the same as it was last year. And so the kids are dealing with some, you know, missing the game or depression, or they're trying to, you know, it's yeah. a different kind of injury because they're, they're just not having the game in their lives. And, you know, do you have any advice to those, those listeners that might be out there um, especially, you know, players that, that are going through that recovery process or, or trying to, you know, overcome that obstacle of recovering and get back to the game or get back to their, their, their lives as they knew it before. Yeah. I mean, you just, you, you got to find a way to stay positive. You got to find, um, somebody to kind of help you through the process. You know, for me, it was, for me, it was my wife. Um, and just, you gotta, you gotta find something to keep you busy. Find something to keep your mind off of things. Um, wh whatever it is, you know, mine. Like I, I kind of fell in love with, uh, with working out when I was, you know, just take my mind off of things. Hunting, find a hobby, something, something different, um, something different to do. Keep yourself busy. But uh, yeah, for me too. Like when I was recovering, I, I used to sit in the bow stand. And it was like therapy, man. Like, just unbelievable. I'd sit out there in the woods, you know, by myself and um, that, I don't know, just little, little things like that. Find ways to stay positive and, and uh, find resources to help you. People are out there, you know what I mean? You know, whether it be a, a teacher, a coach, um, a counselor, there's people out there. Um, don't just go crawling, crawl in your basement and uh, feel sorry for yourself. There's people out there that want to help you, people out there that will help you. Um, so find those resources and use them. For sure. Man, you're crushing this right now. I, I can't, like this, all kids need to hear this because, I mean, a lot of times you see, I mean, the Stanley Cup was just awarded to the Tampa Bay Lightning. You see that side of things, but there's a side to hockey that that isn't always rainbows and sunshine. And, and you obviously went through the, went through it. And so now to see that, like you've came out of it, arguably a better person, right? Like you have your own business. Uh, you have some of the best hunting land in the country. Have you, have you got anything yet this year? Oh man. I hit, I hit a, I don't know if Sterno told you, I hit a monster two yeah. weeks ago Sunday and I couldn't find it. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. uh maybe, maybe you'll find it this weekend. You going out again? You go out every day. No, I don't go out every day. I wish I could. I'm doing yeah. hockey camp, so it takes up my nighttime. I'll be out this weekend, though. Be out this weekend, I love it. Uh, but now, so let's talk about that. So you're doing a bunch of hockey stuff. Um, you're giving back to the game. Tell, talk to us about your your gym and your your company five seven and and what you're doing with that and and what development looks like for you guys. Yeah. So when I moved back to back to my hometown, I. You know, I kind of thought to myself, what, what do I wish I would have had or what do I wish I would have known when, when I was growing up as an athlete, you know what I mean? And one thing that was, like I said, I didn't lift weights in high school. We didn't have the resources. So that was kind of the initial thought. And I was like, I'm going to open a gym and open a gym for these kids that, that, uh, you know, want to go somewhere if they want to they want to go play hockey. They, they need, they need something like this. So that's, that was the initial thought process on, on opening the gym. And, um, with the gym came, uh, I started doing hockey camps. People were asking me to do private lessons and whatever else, stuff like that. So started doing hockey camps. Um, and then, yeah, from the, from the gym and, um, the hockey camps came the, the flag football league and it's just, Mm -hmm. kind of one thing to the next it's I'm just kind of filling voids where I you know where I think kids need things um to develop and and, and 
become an athlete. If they want to be a hockey player, we'll give them an opportunity to be a hockey player. If they want to be a football player, we'll give them an opportunity to be a football player. Um, and that's, that's kind of what, what uh, we're built around. I love that. Finding a void in, in those kids and helping them, you know, fill that void and, and open up doors and opportunities for them that for the kids that are motivated and want to go, go further. I think that's fantastic. And that kind of brings you a full circle then. So now you re, as of recently, you're the fairly recently, you're the, the high school hockey coach for your alma mater, like the school you, you grew up playing in and the community you grew up playing in. And so you kind of come full circle. I mean, how cool for those kids to have a, you know, a, a direct, you know, coach to look up to like you've been on that same path that they're on and, and to show them that path like that can work to get to the, the highest levels possible but you know with you transitioning into into coaching uh your high school program like talk to us about what that transition has been like for you from player to coach and you know maybe some of the the learning lessons you've drawn from your experience beyond high school that you're you're helping kind of helping the kids that you're coaching now yeah um I don't know. I don't know if any of you guys have coached, but holy smokes. That was an absolute learning learning process for me. Um, you know, you talk about those different personalities and different kids respond to different messages and it's absolutely, absolutely crazy. And and if I said I had it figured out, I'd be lying to you. Um, but for me, last year, one of the things I kind of had to do was go back to the basics. Um, you know, I had to – kids didn't even know where to – like my, my high school kids, and this is nothing against them at all, but, you know, they don't even know where to line up in the D zone, you know what I mean? I remember going – or we were scrimmaging in a practice. And, what are you guys doing, you know? But they've just never been taught, you know? Right. So, you know, we had to go back to the hockey 101, the basics – um, and even for me, that was, that was tough. Like I'm thinking, man, I got to rewind here, go back to like high school and simplify things to make them understand to where they can go out there and, 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 and do it and, you know, accomplish something. So yeah, it's a huge, huge learning curve. Um, hoping going into year two, we can, we can win, win a few more games. <laughs> we weren't, weren't talented which was also uh, a struggle for me. I hate losing. And I think we were like four and 16 or something like that. But um, got a, got a couple kids coming back. I had an eighth grader that led my team last year. He's a talented little guy and he'll be back. Um, his brother will be back. He was hurt. So should be decent. I don't know. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll see what, uh, see what I can do with the boys. For sure. And we talk, we talk a lot about competitiveness on here and, and the idea, um, Hazer and I just got to play in a golf tournament together, which we didn't win, uh, and it wasn't it wasn't good. We were uh, we were pretty upset. So um, it just goes to show it's it, ha it has to be tough. Um, but sounds like I mean that's awesome. You got you got some guys coming back. Should make the program a little bit stronger. And it's it's always nice to have in your back pocket if a kid says nobody ever makes it from the crest and be like, well. I did. And so it's good to be able to, to have that conversation with those kids. And I mean, what a blessing and how lucky are they to have you? Does it sound like, um, and who knows how much you know about it, but with COVID, does it sound like there is going to be a hockey season in Minnesota? Yeah, not sure. It was kind of waiting to see what uh, John Malay tweeted out today. I was, that's, that's how I was kind of following along with the meeting, but I, I think, uh, I think they'll do it in some same yeah. way or another. I think. Have you has uh, has La Crescent made it to a state tournament yet? No, man, not yet. We're not. I don't even this, know. If we've gotten out of the second round. This will be the year you guys make it, and then the state yeah. tournament won't have any fans there. That'll that'll be your luck, hey? Can you imagine, I would take it. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. You take it every time. Um, let's talk. So now, as we kind of wind down and, and get into. To more of the advice, a lot of people listen to our podcast uh, at the end of it. We always just talk about advice. And so what, what would you say, and getting out of the, the, the side of like, you know, just have fun and enjoy it because I think we get that a lot, right? Like just have fun and enjoy it, which you should, right? And if you're playing the game, it's, it should be fun because it is a game. 
but what's your what's your advice for youth hockey players expiring to you know play on their varsity team play on play junior hockey play college major junior whatever it is what's some what's some advice to those younger players out there yeah um one thing i stress to my kids is to practice how you play you know when you're when you're up and you're getting those reps go hard you know don't just kind of coast through things um practice how you play, do things hard, do things the right way. Um, and then pay attention to details, you know, be, be a student of the game, go watch the Stanley cup final, go watch some hockey, pick a guy that, uh, you know, maybe you want to play like, and watch what he does, watch where he goes without the puck, watch where he goes with the puck, you know, and, uh, watch what he does with the puck, watch what he does in certain situations. That's, that's, things I tell my kids over and over and over and we watch a lot of videos so they can watch themselves and uh, what not to do, what to do, stuff like that. Um, and then another thing I see this in the gym and these kids are working so hard and then they go home and they eat a bowl of cereal or a bowl of ice cream. Um, their nutrition. Yeah. Nutrition is so big and it's just, it's one thing I see over and over and over and over and over again, same story with these kids that come in and work out in the gym. They're going home and eating frosted flakes. You know, you gotta, you gotta fuel your body the right way. And if you want, you know, big results, you gotta fuel your body with the right stuff, taking protein, eating the right way. It makes a massive difference. I know kids don't believe that, but they need to start believing it because it does. The kids that are eating the right way, you see, you see their body fat shed. You see them getting stronger. Um, you see them getting faster, both on and off the ice. And it's it's no mistake. Ab there's absolutely no mistake in it. So right. nutrition is just a. And lately, nutrition's just been something we've been kind of trying to pound over and over and over, and try to get into these kids' heads that um, you know good nutrition pays off. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's huge for, uh, you know, for all, all levels, but you know, the, the younger kids just don't quite get it. And yeah. It's such important information. So Danny, I think we got to find a nutritionist to come on the show. That'll be a, <laughs> that'll be a future episode. Talk for to sure. Us, give us the rundown, but, uh, yeah. so let's, uh, Uri, let's, let's flip that to the, the coaching side of the game. So you're, you're going into season two as a hockey coach. Um, and so what kind of advice would you extend to, um, maybe just coaches starting out youth hockey coaches, but also from, from a player perspective, what advice would you, coaches of any level, what, what advice would you extend to those coaches listening today? Yeah, I guess. Oh man, that's so tough. Coaching is so hard. I, I have a newfound respect for all coaches, but communication with your players. I would say communicate with your players um, one thing I started doing last year, I started kind of bringing them in the office every week or two just to communicate. Tell me what's on your mind. Tell me what's going on, you know, because there's, there's really no way for us to know what's going on at school or what's, what's bothering these kids or why they're upset. Um, just communicate with them. Um, let them know you care about them and try to create that, that family environment, you know, like, like Hastings did with us. Um, we had meetings with them and you knew that guy cared about you. And so one thing I do with my kids is I let them know that I care about them. That way, you know, when we're in a battle, we're in a game, um, they're going to do, they're going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to put my best effort forward for them. They're going to put their best effort forward for me too. So um, communicate with your players, um, let them know you care about them you can kind of get taken away and like yelling at them. They're always doing something wrong. You know, as a coach, right. We want perfection. Um, so it's easy to get caught up and they're always doing something wrong, always doing something wrong, but you have to make sure that they know. And sometimes you got to be overly, uh, uh, what's the word, but, uh, you just, you got to make sure that they know you care about them. For sure. I don't know. It's uh, it's going to be a tough battle for you. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. Like, um, 
Yeah, I mean, you hit it on the head. I can't even think of the word either. You got to be over loving. I don't know. Yeah, you do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah overly. Yeah, loving. Yeah, maybe that especially is. with those high school kids. Yeah, exactly. And if you think you're sending a little message, they're probably not getting it. So right. you got to make sure that they make sure they get your message and make sure they know that that you care about them as a person. Absolutely. Well, coach, we appreciate coming on. Um, before we close this out, uh, where can, where can everybody find you at? I know, I know we'll link a bunch of stuff in the show notes, but where can people get a hold of you or check out what you're doing in, in the Crescent and all that stuff? Yeah. So go to five, seven.com. Um, a lot of good info on there. Um, follow me on Instagram, EJ Hayes seven or at five, seven, grow your game. Um, yeah, that's for sure. Just a bit, but yeah, thanks yeah. a lot for having me on. It's been, been awesome boys. Any, uh, any final words or closing thoughts for the listeners? When do I got to say, let's go <laughs> right now, coach, give it to us. Let's, let's, let's go. Send us Love it. Let's go. We appreciate, appreciate you coming on. Rye Hayes, uh, former teammate of mine, captain, one of the greatest to, to ever do it at Minnesota state university. And, uh, played played in the NHL and scored a goal there, so you can't go wrong with that. Check him out. Check him out on Instagram. We'll link all that in the show notes below. Uh, but yeah, let's go. Thanks, boys. Uriah Hayes, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was a fantastic interview. Uh, we really appreciate opening up and sharing your your insights and experience with us. I loved it, Danny. I want to jump into the three stars. What, what do you have for us? Oh, other than uh, him being the man, uh, third star, I just, I loved when he talked about work ethic, right? We talked about what he changed when he scored 13 goals, all scored in 20 and 20 might not seem like a lot, but in the WCHA, when you're playing against North Dakota, you're playing against Minnesota, you're playing against all these crazy teams every single night, uh, 20 goals is a lot of goals. And so it was cool to hear him say that that switch was because of what the work ethic he put in we joked about him switching curves um but it was really about the work ethic he put in the hard work he you know like in project hockey land do the work right little project hockey plug let's go second (laughs) star of the night i just love when when i think about araya hayes i think about opportunity right new coaching change as a senior opportunity for him to prove himself Gets the call, wasn't even sure he was going to play that night in the NHL. Another opportunity to prove himself, scores a goal, assisted by uh, a friend of the show's, Patrick Marlowe. So that was pretty awesome. Uh, and then now he's talking about what he's doing back home in La Crescent, right? It's just given opportunities. He said in there, if they want to be a hockey player, we'll give an opportunity to be a hockey player. If they want to be a football player, we'll give them an opportunity to be a football player. This guy is not only leaving the game of hockey better than he found it, he's leaving his hometown better than he found in. So what more could you ask for? That's my second star of the night. Coach, what do you got for first star? You, you stole my, my first star. Opportunity really? was coaching and opportunity was, was what I was going to say. So I got to think of my feet here. But, you know, I think I'll, I'll go back to what I said at the beginning of the episode. I, I, I just really appreciate that he was willing to open up about his injuries and overcoming those injuries. And I think the huge takeaway from that is that, you know, you got a guy that's playing at the top of our game and, you know, from the outside looking in, and I think you mentioned it during the interview, you know, everything looks like, you know, rainbows and, and, and butterflies and, and, you know, it's fantastic. Everything looks so, so awesome from the outside looking in. And the reality is, is that, you know, dealing with injuries, um, you know, whether they're physical or mental is an unfortunate dark side of our game. And, you know, people deal with those injuries and they, and the reality is that you can overcome them and there there's, it, there's a perspective in life is that, you know, hockey, hockey's life, but you know, there's a lot more to it than just that. And getting uh, some healthy perspective beyond just the game of shooting and skating and, and scoring is, is a, is a healthy piece of, of life. And I think that if anyone out there is dealing with any of those physical or mental um, injuries, they're going through the, the rehab or recoveries or anything like that. I think that, you know, he had great advice for that about that. There's people out there, that are willing to help you. And there's people out there and resources out there to help you and don't just curl up in your basement and and feel bad for yourself. As he said, just, you know, there's, there's life beyond um, that injury. And even if it's a long road, there's, 
there's a you know light at the end of the tunnel there for you. So I think that's a huge takeaway from this episode. I really truly appreciate him opening up about his experience about that, you know, overcoming a pretty significant injury in in life after the game. And I think that's a huge takeaway for the listeners here. So I'm gonna leave that as our, our first start tonight. For sure. Love that. Couldn't have said it better myself. Start as started I stole your first start. I thought that's what you're gonna say is the injury one. So I went with uh, <laughs> this guy just give him an opportunity. Um, but yeah, that's uh, him and I were supposed to do a hockey camp this last summer and COVID kind of shut that down, but hopefully him and I can connect again either later this fall or, or into next year. But speaking of hockey camps, Cameron, I know you got some big things floating your way. You want to talk about that a little bit? What's going on in, in elevated hockey world? seems like you got everything going on right now. Yeah, I've been buzzing lately. It's been, uh, you know, a combination of a couple of different things, but I'm doing, um, I've, I've released a, a skill development series across my adopted home state of Montana. It's just not talk about opportunity. I just really saw a little bit of a void like your eye was talking about in, in the state where um, kids wanted more ice. They wanted more coaching. And, and so I'm, I'm going to try to help give that to, to those players. So I'm doing one camp every a minimum of one camp. Some of the months are actually two or three. They just haven't released the dates yet, but minimum of one camp every month throughout the state of Montana for elevated hockey for the players or open to anybody that wants to come out. But it's just a chance to give, you know, I'm a big, got a big heart for the Montana players or kind of, it's not a traditional hockey state. And the reality is we have a lot of really good athletes here and it's just about opening doors and, and helping them. And so that's what I'm hoping to try to do with that. I'm going to be working with some, uh, prep school and junior hockey players in November, December for a high performance series I'm doing for, uh, uh, looks like it's going to be between six and eight weeks, three days a week, working with some high level invite only players for the first time. So that'll be kind of a fun trial. And then uh, Danny and I haven't even talked about this, but as of yesterday, um, ink hasn't even dried yet, but I'm going to be a skills coach for the local junior team. So, I'm going to be jumping on the ice uh, probably about two, one to two days, probably two days a month, like every other Monday is kind of what I'm looking at. But I'll get to work with uh, the Bozeman Ice Dogs NA3 team. So it's a lot of uh, junior hockey players trying to make that jump to either collegiate hockey or you know, a lot of them are trying to make the jump into the, into the North American Hockey League. And so I'm hoping to, I'm excited about working with those those young junior players and, and trying to help them on that path. So kind of a new That's thing awesome. for me. Yeah, I'm Congrats, excited about that. coach. Thanks, That's man. really cool. I would say, uh, I would say, if you're in the area, like you said, you don't have to be in Montana to go to those uh, to some of your camps. Check them out. Like honestly, I'm not just saying it, but if, if when my kids get into the game of hockey, if they do, let's hope they take to golf and they want to do that year round. <laughs> but um, I'm sending them that way, so they'll probably have to stay at your house, which would be awesome. But uh, yeah. I'm excited. That's really cool, Coach. We'll have to uh, we'll have to do some cool pod. Hopefully, you still have time for the podcast. You still got time for us? Always, always. There's I always have time for the podcast. Awesome. That's going <laughs> to open up some doors. We should get some players, some some acting young youth players on here just to talk about hockey and what it's like from their eyes. So, pump for it. Thanks again, Mr. Raya Hayes, for coming on. We appreciate the heck out of you. Check out all this stuff at the bottom there, and uh, let's go. Let's go. 